Welcome to the happy hour, the happiest of hours here at Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We have a small smattering of comedians today, which means they're going to do tons and tons of time. Aren't you lucky, radio listeners? Thanks for subscribing to Happy Hour here on MutinyRadio.fm every Friday from 6 to 8, where uh, all the comedians come and do their shit. Yay! But it's really funny, and you're going to love it. Uh, we're listening to Grand Funk Railroad in the fills tonight because let's get funky, everyone. Uh, we're going to listen to a little funk and we'll be right back with hilarious comedians here on Mutiny Radio. that I need to sing Grand Funk Railroad for karaoke because it's right in my wheelhouse. Yes, I love the key of C. Your first comedian. What a hilarious fellow. Uh, One of my favorite people on the scene coming from the South. You know, there's been a lot of talk about the 1% and the 99%. And sometimes people have weird signs out, those weird hippies, and they're like, make banks pay, make banks pay. And I say, you know, what did Tyra Banks ever do to you except teach you how to keep it alive in the eyes, smize, take a good picture. Thank you, Tyra, for teaching me how to be pretty. But your next comedian, he doesn't believe in banks. I wonder if he has money in the bank. I don't even... He, he's an artist. He tunes pianos for a living. That means he's a talented motherfucker, and he's going to make you guys laugh right now. So clap your hands together in a slappy-like motion for Matthew Banks! Thank you, Pam. It's a huge crowd here. If you, uh, you know, I know you can't see there on the radio. Um, wow. I'm from Mississippi originally. Man, proud to be an American, you know? Come to San Francisco. What a fun place, man. I was, there's a lot of fucking lunatics on the street here. Holy shit. Uh, not the homeless people, the, uh, the liberals. <laughs> um, wow. The homeless people have an excuse. They need medication, but I think the liberals just need Jesus. Uh, can't wait till I have a real audience to test out how weird that's going to be. Um, yeah, so I went to a wedding this weekend um, in Minneapolis. Fucking terrible, dude. There were like 200 people there. I knew four, one of which was my, or two of which was my ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend. So that was a lot of fun. 
uh, I don't very, I don't do very well with socializing. I don't like talking to people much, um, especially the ones that are really excited to talk to you. And uh, ever hear people talk about how they're they're great with faces, but they suck with names. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure the people that are good with names don't suck with faces. Um, I know her name was Amber, but I just can't remember what the fuck she looks like. Uh, I don't think we forget that sort of thing. Oh, killing up here. Fun stuff. Um, yeah, this this whole um, this whole new age thing of this this self love thing is kind of confusing to me because. Um, why the why the fuck would I love myself? Like why would I want to be friends with the enemy? Uh, I don't I don't think it's their problem. Um, I don't think they're the problem. I think I am the problem. It took me a really long time to figure that out. So um, we should spread the love, like they all say, right? Isn't that the answer? I have no idea. Um, yeah, coming here. It's such a different thing to come here, being from the south. And especially having to experience some of the feminist stuff, which I'm all, don't get me wrong, I'm all for women's rights. I love women. They're great. My mom's the most strong, independent woman I know, you know, got her doctorate and all that bullshit. But uh, can't we all agree that, like, men are stronger than women? Not better, but, like, stronger, like, physically stronger. I'm pretty sure the the numbers are staggering. Um and the only reason I bring it up is because I was at work the other day, and um, I was working for this lady, and there was a piano bench that was really, really heavy, and she needed it moved, and I said, don't worry, I'll get it, it's really heavy, and she just went, Ugh. she's like, I can get it myself, I was like, all right, go ahead, and uh, she went to pick up the bench, and she threw her back out, <laughs> um, so, I need a punchline right there. Uh, that one works. It got a laugh, right? Uh, yeah, I'm going through my list here, Pamela, seeing what, seeing what needs to be done. Yeah, so, so when I moved here, I went to some different places to eat, and the, the host would always say, so do you have any eating restrictions? I was just, what the, f what the fuck are you talking about? I said, well, well, are you a vegetarian? Do you not eat meat? And I said, oh, do you mean am I gay? <laughs> um, yeah, that's down south. If you don't eat meat, there's something seriously wrong with you. Um, I actually, not that being gay is something seriously wrong with you, but I uh, actually, I was a vegetarian for a year and a half, and I told no one. Uh but if you're a vegetarian down south, dude, all you can get is, like, fucking cheese sticks and shit from restaurants. There's nothing available. There's no couscous down south. Um, so I've been suicidal lately. This is for the joke. I'm not. But uh, this, they, say, uh, they say the number one... One of the number one things of being like symptoms of being suicidal is that you're indecisive, and I'm trying to figure out which bridge to jump off of. Uh, it's saving my life. Uh, wow, that was great. Uh, my my boss caught me working today. That was pretty awesome. Ever had that happen? 
you're working your ass off and your boss walks in they think you're like a great worker it's fucking amazing that doesn't happen to me often it was actually the president of this of the place that i work for it's like wow what a great fucking day right usually i'm just i don't know jerking off in the corner or something uh I'm going to try this joke. I haven't tried this joke in a long time, and it never works, but it's one of my favorite ones. So I grew up in a really strict family, and um, when I was a kid, my my parents, they grounded me for three days, for three whole days, for uh, punching my grandmother in the face. <laughs> See, it never works. <laughs> um So yeah, when my when I was a kid, my uncle used to touch me, right? And so uh, the only way that I would get through it is I would just close my eyes and uh, imagine it was my aunt. Uh, that might be my favorite joke of all time. Uh, I'm a big fan of big fan of serial killers. Um, watch a lot of documentaries and stuff. There's this one guy they had. He was a Facebook killer, and they said this guy he killed his whole family and he posted it on Facebook for 150 of his friends and family to see. It's just like, no wonder he killed all those people. He's a fucking loser, dude. Like 150 friends on Facebook? Like, my God, dude. I would have killed myself afterwards. Uh, even the most loser of the losers have 150 friends. Yeah. What'd you say? I'm, I'm sorry. I just talked right over you. I thought I had the mic. No. <laughs> what? You have 96? You better watch out for this guy. He's going to fucking slay you. Oh, dude, you got to send out random ones. It's not like I have maybe, I don't know, 1,600 or some shit. As far as how many of those are my friends, maybe 10 that I, you know, that I talk with on a regular basis. But I got a lot of them. My stats are high. Uh, I wonder if blind kids, I wonder if their parents... Um, still make them eat their carrots <laughs> i don't know i've always wondered that that was a stoner uh, moment way back in the day yeah so i'm from the south i'm only partially racist myself um i'm kind of mad at black people just because of soul food um i blame them for me being fat i think that soul food is the most genius idea to kill off the white people <laughs> i've ever heard in my entire life uh it's a really long slow death too it's like fucking heart disease diabetes man tits uh i'm not sure man tits are deadly but uh they're really embarrassing it might lead to suicide uh yeah it's funny coming here and everybody talking about how racist the south is and you know, of course there's racism down south, but here, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Like, San Francisco's 5% black, dude. I'm like, you've never even given racism a chance, guys. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like, no wonder you can prance around saying you're not racist, because in order to have racism, you have to have races. Um, I think that's the number one component there. I don't know. Fucking 8% of NASCAR fans are black, dude. 
<laughs> means there's a higher percentage of black dudes sitting in a lawn chair with a John Deere head on mourning the death of Dale, Ar- Dale Earnhardt than there are in San Francisco. And Mississippi's racist? Uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, how about that? Uh, I feel like San Francisco's relationship with black people is like my relationship with beautiful women. Um, it's a fantasy. Uh, anyway, you guys have been a lot of fun. Have a great night. Give it up for Mutiny Radio. Matthew Banks. Clap for him. Yay. He's right. The only race we have in San Francisco is the Beta Breakers, and that is for alcoholics. So basically, we're all alcoholics. Yay. Except for Matthew Banks. He's sober. Yay. Isn't that nice? Uh, I'm on a bender. My boyfriend's out of town, so I've been drinking heavily every night. (laughs) It's been really weird. I've been waking up at like noon, like back in the old days. I feel like my old alcoholic self, like when I wake up on my couch in my clothing and I'm part of the church of drunken hobosity and I just keep wearing those same clothes. Yeah, I didn't take a shower. No, I didn't change my underwear. That's because I'm drinking this week. Your next comedian He's a new guy, and I'm excited that he's coming here, and he's studying all of us, and we're going to see what happens. Matthew Banks did nine minutes. We're just going to let people go tonight to see whatever happens. Clap your hands wildly right now for Graham Galway! Thank you, Pam. Uh, If anyone didn't hear, before we got started, Pam told us all we were doing like eight minutes. Uh, Pam, I'm going to tell you what I've told all Max girlfriends. I can't go eight minutes. It's just not going to happen. Uh, what should we talk about? There's only three of you here. I recently discovered something called rape porn. Don't get high and mighty on me. You watch it too. It's on Sundays on HBO. It's called Game of Thrones. Every fucking week, that show... And it's like, oh my God, what a fascinating character. Oh no, she's getting raped. Oh look, it's Daenerys. Is she going to conquer all of Westeros? No, no, she's getting raped. Oh look, a horse. Fucking really? I, um, is anyone in a relationship right now? Yay! All right, fuck you both. (laughs) If I seem bitter, uh, I just got out of a relationship. That's one way to put it. Uh, I got dumped for not hitting a woman. I'm going to repeat that in case anyone misheard me. I got dumped for not hitting a woman. I was dating this girl. She was into getting slapped around. I wouldn't do it. I got dumped. Now, that might sound like just a tragic case of sexual incompatibility. No, you'd be wrong. Uh, I've asked my female friends. They have differing opinions on this, but they're all pretty sure I'm the asshole. And I don't know where to go with that. There's a happy ending, though. Uh, she found love. She's dating Chris Brown, and maybe they'll get engaged or something. I don't know. Uh, what else was I going to talk about? Uh, we're here in San Francisco. We have opinions on gentrification, right? For those listening online, we are a room of five white people. Uh, I happen to hate it when people bitch about gentrification. Like, don't these people read their history? White people forcing you out of your home without killing you? That's a big step up for white people. We have not been that compassionate historically. It used to be the Trail of Tears, now it's the U-Haul of Inconvenience. It's just, you know, go across the base, not that big a deal. I cannot re- remember what I wrote on my hand. 
I thought, don't you hate it? Arden, you won't appreciate this. Don't you hate it when you have new material and you're not sure if you've memorized it yet? I forgot he got stoned. He didn't get that. That was an insult about new material. Uh, let's see. What else was I going to talk about? No, it's not coming to me. I also got stoned before the show. Yay! Probably not a bright idea. Let's see what's on my phone. I've, uh, I've, on, <laughs> I've been on Tinder for a few weeks now because, you know, I'm desperate. I finally, finally, for the first time, I got matched with a girl. And I thought about it for like an hour. I was staring at my phone, just thinking of the right thing to say as an opener. I finally came up with it. Hi. But I got a response immediately. She wrote back. She said, hey, I'm not interested, but that guy in the third pick is hot. Do you have his phone number? So we were talking about suicide. I might jump off one of those bridges Matt was talking about. I uh, happen to be a fan of, of history. Does anyone know what scorched earth is? For those that don't, it's this really badass tactic. You take whatever you have, whatever your enemy wants, and you burn it, and you say, come at me. Whatever they want, whatever you have, you burn it. Now, I had a rough divorce. I burned the house down. I gave all my money to charity. And I told her, I said, come at me. We were living with my mom at the time. I was on unemployment at the time, but I think she got the message and I got to make a point for the first time in five years. So I still say it was worth it. Let's see. No, I'm not going to do that one. Uh, I'll leave you with one more because I cannot remember my set. Uh, if you want to know what the recipe is for a bad time, drugs that cause delayed orgasm and a woman that likes a challenge. I came out looking like the prize fighter that lost, just black and blue, bruises all over, raw in some places, there was one cut. But you're, all, you're mostly men, you'll appreciate this. Of course, I want to go another round. And that one also needs a punchline. <laughs> All right, this set sucked, but you guys are great. Thanks a lot. Graham Galloway, everyone. Yay. He's been doing it for like seven weeks now. You can clap. Clap. Seven weeks. And he's still doing it. Yes. Yes. Uh, hey, your next comedian, he's been in this for a really long time. Uh, I started six years ago, and he was already already moving and shaking when I was first starting. He's a really funny guy. He, teach cl he teaches classes to people on how to be funny. He's like his own comedy college, everyone. Put your hands together right now for Jesse Fernandez! Does it matter? Okay. Uh, so... This I like the symbol with the uh, the hand reaching up out of the water holding the microphone, you know, and that's all you can see of the body. I think that's like a perfect symbol tonight's for tonight's mic, you know. <laughs> perfect, uh, good plan with that. Um, so, what do you guys think about 
uh, I have some new stuff I want to try out. Maybe we could workshop it and get some ideas. We could do that. Okay. So, uh, the first one is, uh, I, I noticed that, uh, ladybugs are the only bugs that, uh, are cuter when you see a lot of them. You never see anybody who's like, there's spiders all over me. This is magical. Okay, that's what I have so far of that. Like, what do you think? I feel like it could be expanded upon, you know? Because there's other... Huh. I've had ladybug infestations. Yeah. And they're kind of horrific. Yeah, but most people's experience with ladybugs is not that. Who's had a ladybug infestation, you know? Yeah, no one's had that. Ladybugs are amazing for pot plants. They actually buy ladybugs and they put them they eat all the spider mites so yes. ladybugs are you could talk somehow about that they can get high or weed or something it's just something they do now in indoor grow rooms they bite tons and okay. tons of ladybugs so some reasons for like why they're magical basically yeah because they because they make weed grow better okay here's it we're workshopping here's <laughs> here's the idea that i had for a joke right it's um ladybugs are the only bugs that are cuter when you see lots of them Oh, you were listening on the way. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so you know, I'm trying to expand on that. Like, I so there's like that um, that parallel that's going on where you're talking about uh, spiders through the frame of how you would talk about ladybugs. So, like, what are some other things that people would say about ladybugs that would be really weird if you said that about spiders? You know, like, should I? Like, what should I wish for? Do people wish on ladybugs? Oh yeah, this one said, "Oh look, there's one on my finger." Or they'll put it on their kid, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Here, yeah, and then you put a spider on the kid's hand, <laughs> or you put it on, you put a spider on the kid's forehead, and you're like, "Just hold still, I'm gonna take a picture for Facebook." <laughs> that could be good. I like that. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I guess, it, yeah, I, uh, yes. But when dogs eat spiders, it, they can bite them in their mouths, so it can be really bad. Yeah. So you don't want to get your dogs to eat spiders because they yeah. can make them sick. Plus, I've never seen a do- dog, I've never seen a dog eat a ladybug. I guess they, <laughs> they would. I'm sure they would. Um, <laughs> dogs are real assholes in that way, huh? They just don't see the same symbols that we do in these bugs. Um, okay. Well, all right. So that's one. I want to try out some other ones. Um, if you've looked at my Twitter feed, then these are not going to be too nudie. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Brooke is sending me ideas on Facebook. She's listening to the show right now. <laughs> hey, Brooke, how's it going? Um, anybody from class up at happy hour? Are you going to do a set today? No? Okay. Then uh, I'll, I'll answer her later. <laughs> She's laughing at this. Uh, is, is that what your company's called? Class class up? No. Well, my, my I don't know, LLC. My, my company is uh, the stand-up class. That's oh, pretty cool. simply titled. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, do, 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 I don't, I could, I'm thinking about going political in my set, but that's just because I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, okay, here's one. Um, a sexy babe followed me, uh, 
on uh, Facebook. So I looked at her profile and I saw that the pics were of many different babes. They must all share one profile. I am one lucky dude. Mm, I don't know. I feel like that's a context joke. Like I have to make a lot of mistakes earlier and be extra cocky about them for that one to get a laugh. Really, I should pick a theme. I was talking with Red about this today, uh, comedian in the scene. Uh, Kate Willett picked a theme. Like she talks almost exclusively about having sex with sketchy dudes and hardcore feminism, right? But that's something that like people really love. Like just like knowing that that's what you're gonna get when you listen to her is like really valuable, and so it's working well. And maybe I should just be the guy who's so fucking dumb. <laughs> maybe that could be my thing, but very cocky about it. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, that's hard though because you don't you don't come across as dumb. <sighs> I just need to figure out who I am, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for believing in me. <laughs> Thank you so much for not believing in me. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, ooh, this one I could maybe do. Uh, 52% of men say that they don't believe uh, that affordable birth control for women has helped them, uh, which is like, you know, most of Gotham didn't know that Batman saves their lives either, you know? So it's like totally, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. That one's, that one's pretty good. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, topical. Uh, the NFL doesn't allow marijuana ads because pot impairs your brain. And the NFL wants football to be the only activity that does that. Yeah? Some Wait, of these... If, if you're going to workshop that, though, there, there's actually a study that came out that if you have high CBD, it can repair your brain after hardcore concussions so yeah if there's a there was just a, a documentary that came out about using uh medical marijuana to help uh ex-football players because of the con- it, like it can protect your brain so yeah there's something there with weed and yeah all and of NFL. your suggestions have been weed related so far <laughs> i know a lot about <laughs> yeah it seems like That's it pretty much it uh, but i appreciate that yeah. you could compare a heavy stoner like arden he's mm-hmm. live Mm. Because they're much worse off. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I was thinking um, maybe something about how it's a self-selecting market. Like, guys, you know, you maybe wouldn't go into the NFL unless you were predisposed to having that condition. Like it's like we're assuming that the co- that football is causing the brain damage, but maybe just the brain damaged want to play football is what I'm saying, you know? Yeah, uh, that's, you know, maybe a little bit cold-hearted, but as is comedy, you know. Um, Let's see. Brooke, any ideas? (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's go back to the one that I said about the 52%, the Gotham City thing. I bet there are some more, like, there's, like, some feminism uh, uh, Batman parallels that there could be, you know? People don't know that God, that Batman saves their lives. Write my act for me. Uh, <laughs> mm, I don't know. Uh, you record these, right, Pam? I forgot to turn on my recorder. Okay, cool. Um, all right, because I got you guys gave me a couple of good lines that I'm gonna use. Um, all right, so I think I'm gonna wrap it up.
Pam. Thank you. <laughs> Jesse Fernandez. Turning the D happy hour into joke workshop. That's all good. Eight minutes of joke workshop. Thanks, Brooke, for listening. That's super cool. She's out there. Hey, everybody, tomorrow night, there's actually a fundraiser here at Mutiny Radio at 8 o'clock, put on by Brooke Heineken, Marcy Rogo, and Luisa Isbell. And they're so amazing and so awesome uh, because it's true, I cannot pay my rent with brownies. And so we're going to have a little fundraiser tomorrow. It's going to be great. Your next comedian is a super edgy guy. He is on the edge of the coolest things in sexuality. Uh, You know... I, he, I, he's going to make his own thing. It's going to be like Fifty Shades of Asian or something that he's going to come out with later. There'll be a Fifty Shades of Yellow. Your next comedian is a really funny guy. Everybody, clap wildly for Ken Suzuki. And you're getting tons of time tonight. You can go like eight, nine, ten, whatever you want. Oh, thank you so much. Fifty Shades of Yellow. Oh, <laughs> switching up the... The, uh, the intros I like it. Fifty Shades of Yellow is the color you make when you stab a fat person to death and you pull the fat out of them. Fifty Shades of fucking that modern art right there. That I'm the Jackson Pollock of murders is what I'm trying to tell you right now. The Jackson Pollock of murders. Oh, did you guys hear uh, beautiful? Let's talk topical. Stand like I'm... Uh, Night show host or something. Uh, you guys hear about the uh, you hear about that couple in New York? Yeah, that couple in New York that jumped to their deaths yeah, because of their student loans, a crushing amount of debt they could never pay off, they could never bankruptcy for. So the two of them jumped and left their kids to the state. My only question is this: You think they held hands? Because that makes that story romantic. That just makes that story romantic. Uh, I didn't think I was. I'm kind of a I was a mediocre salesman. But I think I'd gotten really good at sales uh, until I convinced or I talked my best friend uh, into suicide. Yeah. They tell you, they say, because when you're in sales, you have to help a prospect see the value in something. It was hard for me. I had to cho- get him to see the complete lack of value in his life. And I'd be better off just giving it up for someone else. I'm not a religious person, but uh, if there is a God, right? And when he gave us our opposable thumbs, you think he knew it would be just a matter of time before we'd use them to pen our own suicide nuts. We're not the only species with thumbs. We're not the only species that dies. We're the only species, they're not only species words, but the only species to be able to use or to make words leave behind, to spin our lives, to make our death sound profound. We are, that's what we are. But if you're going to do it, folks, word of advice, bre- when you're painting your suicide note, brevity, brevity is the soul of wit. All right? Purple prose does not a good suicide letter make. No. When it comes to writing, you want to be a Nietzsche, don't be a Kant. Old joke, but it's coming back. Coming back on like Chester Bennington's career. Oh, now, I don't know where I was going with that. I do wonder, though, but before he died, do you think he came? You think so? I mean, come on. If you're going to kill yourself, autoerotic asphyxiation has got to be the way to do it. You're already depressed. You're already down. Why not end your life on a high note? Come as you go. I don't think I'm edgy. I think I'm pretty blunt. I think that's my problem. I'm not edgy. I'm just very blunt uh, with my thoughts. 
We've had a lot of death lately. I think it's because when you look at life and you try to give it a numerical meaning, you can't. You just can't. There's no joke there. It's just a thought. So I got 10 minutes. I'm going to hash out my philosophy. This is really the Parthenon, all right? And I'm Socrates giving you, like, speeches. That's what this is. Fucking, no, 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 no. I'm that one Lucretius orating to you. What? Oh, yeah, my mother. Now, my mother raised me a feminist, all right? So when the election came up in my household, I knew, I was like, yes, it is high time we have a female president. It is. The motto in my household was never make America great again. No, it was if it bleeds, it leads, period. Hashtag woke. Eh? Because my mother was woke. Oh, uh, whoa. Why is it that the people that use, same people that use that term unironically are the same people you want to put to sleep? Why is that? Oh, uh, Roadhead, she got me thinking, is the last bastion, yet rarely, last, but yet rarely discussed about bastion of patriarchy and male supremacy in the world? Oh, I know what you're thinking, but Ken, no, the minute we got rid of automatic, we got rid of the manual transmission, Roadhead was available to everybody. Oh, yeah? Then why are car seats designed for any woman that can't be a fucking wizard to receive it just as easy as any guy is doing while he's texting in the 405? We're in the wrong region, the wrong location for that joke. Uh, going out, of the th uh, going down the 80, 880, whatever. We'll work that one out. But Roadhead. If you don't do it, if you don't give it as a man, you're a bad, you are not a woke feminist. That's what you aren't. You are not. You gotta find a way to do it. Maybe make a little extension or you at least make your, give your finger some action. <sighs> Sex crimes. I don't know, that joke is gonna send up dry, so I'm not gonna say anything about it. Shitty puns. It is really hard though to write, uh, like suicide jokes seem to come easy. What's hard are, Assisted suicide jokes. Now those jokes just don't write themselves. Just can't. Cerebral palsy jokes, on the other hand, they're also very difficult because it's very hard to get them to stand on their own. The premises are just so shaky. Hashtag shitty puns. I think that'll be the hashtag in the callback. Shitty puns throughout the rest of the night with the uh, requisite hand signal. Uh, by the way, for those of you in the radio listening to this, while we live stream the hundreds of thousands of listeners throughout the country and the millions throughout the world. I'm taking my index and my middle finger of my left hand, making a V sign, while I take my right hand, take the V sign and I lay it all across it perpendicularly to make a pound sign. And that is called a hashtag. That's how you sound profound when you're online. But a hashtag, man, 10 minutes. That's like five minutes of a new jokes material. This is beautiful. This is so beautiful. Uh. Oh, well. Now, I'm not going to lie. I do watch porn. Just here and there. Uh, but there's sometimes when you see it, like here, you know, like at work, when I'm in the bathroom, on the bar, here, there. Sometimes when I'm waiting for my set. Um... There's some porn that is just too much, right? So I saw some porn the other day. It was, it was, mid, it was Normies Fisting Midgets. All right? It was awful. Title, you know what it was called? It was called The Puppet Show. 
I was like, that's just too much. Just too much. A good friend of mine once told me that the one acceptable place to use the N-word uh, was in the bedroom. So can you get away with it there in the heat of passion? It's the one acceptable place. I said, ah, I don't only agree with you. Uh, in fact, I think that's the last place in the world you want to hear the N-word. Because unless we're role-playing, hearing the word no means something is going horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. It's S&M. Eh, a little interracial S&M. That can get awkward. You know what I'm talking about? When it's just you and a beautiful black chick that wants you to chain and whip her. I was like, well, you want me to chain and whip you? Isn't this a hate crime? She's like, no, Ken, that's my safe word. But if you don't know what a safe word is, a safe word, for those of you in this audience that know what it is, it's that fine line between foreplay and a human rights violation. Yes, it's the difference between 50 shades of gray and 50 shades of Abu Ghraib. Hashtag topical a decade ago. I don't know if people know what I was like. I got, I got gonged off a show, kicked off a contest in San Jose for making a Fallujah reference. You can't joke about bombing cities. No, some of them must have to think and have a conscience. Oh. <sighs> but I said, to be fair, have you seen my set last night? I know what it's like to be a kid bombing in Fallujah. <laughs> have you seen these sets? Oh. I think, that's where, I think that's where I lost them. God damn it. I've never had a mic right here, so I keep on bumping my chin into it. It's because I miss Dick. Now, oh, it's, I don't know. It's like mom always said, you know? The way to a man's heart is through his prostate. And the way to a woman's pants, through the nose. Now, I like talking about this stuff when the sun is still out so I can make eye contact with the audience. It's really good. You can just make direct eye. They know. They see you. You see them. Put that horn away. <laughs> oh. Oh, guys, if you're going to send me. Nah. Oh, my attitude towards parenting. Let's talk about parenting. I don't know if you guys have kids. Uh, I only have one kid uh, in every state. And, uh,. That's not that's a joke. I, I don't have a kid in every state. I only have one kid. Now, I have changed my name like 50 times, though. That's a child support avoidance joke. Please don't get it. Because, well, hear me out. I'm, I'm a good parent. I'm a good parent because my attitude towards parenting has always been this. A cynical child is a happy child. You can never disappoint your children when they've learned to expect nothing from you. Words of wisdom. Thank you. Ken Suzuki. Hey, some people say raise the bar. Some people say lower the bar. I say meet at the bar. Yeah, meet Ken Suzuki. Yay. Uh, hey, I'm excited for your next comedian. He has an amazing show here every Wednesday night called The Night Space. And you can buy his book, High Time Storytime, on Amazon. So you should do that right now. What are you doing? Get on it right now. Go buy it. Buy it. But right now, you're going to laugh hysterically and clap your hands in a slappy-like motion for Arden! I am stoned. Uh... <laughs> 
I don't, I don't look the part. I am the part. Uh, I live the part. Uh, observe and do likewise, friends and family. Uh, uh, you put the money in the thingy. Right? <laughs> and, then, and then we get to keep doing this. Uh, yeah, so thank you for having me on, Pam. Uh, it's very nice to be here. It's very nice to be on planet Earth right now. Uh, there we go. Excellente. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go down the set list here, and we'll see how long we do. Uh, a little bit of current events for the, the nice peoples of San Francisco. Uh, there was recently a heist, a heist in uh, the Knob Hill region. Uh, someone went into uh, the backyard of a well-to-do uh, person uh, and stole their Frenchies, their French Bulldogs, their cute little Frenchies worth $15,000. And the reason we know this is because he had made it a point to go around the neighborhood talking about how the dogs were worth $15,000. And I'm saying to myself, um... Maybe if you hadn't gone around saying that you had dogs worth $15,000, they wouldn't got taken. Um, I don't know, just a little PSA. Uh, what does Elon Musk know that he's not telling us? I mean, the man's on the verge of inventing roadhead uh, safety for all uh, because, uh, you know, he's got the self-driving cars coming, right? And now I'm saying, well, if he had the foresight to create a vehicle in which we could get blown or, 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 or diddled or whatever you're liking, uh, why is he drilling underground all of a sudden with the boring company? What does he know about the mole people? Do we have to mount a first strike? Is that what, what's going on with the mole people? Uh, because I'm, I'm starting to get worried. Uh, you ever think there are Batman deniers in Gotham? I was thinking about this, you mentioned Batman and Gotham City, and, and the fact that some people have got to read the headlines of Batman foils Joker, and they're like, bullshit! Like, one guy dressed up in a, in, in a cape is going to take on all those henchmen? You know what I mean? And they had guns and shit! Like, and, and, and the psychopath, he took one guy, no, this, this is some sort of inside government conspiracy. Gordon, it, it, this has got to be all fake news, is what's going on with this Batman character is bullshit. Fuck Batman. Uh, no, but uh, I was watching uh, I was watching a film on Showtime earlier today uh, entitled Wild Wild Sex. Uh, it's on the late night section of Showtime. Uh, and surprisingly, uh, mo more coherent and better storyline than uh, Will Smith's Wild Wild West. It really... <laughs> No giant arachnids at all. Just a lot of girl-on-girl -girl action. <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, uh, that's enough on that. Um, but speaking of uh, television, has anybody noticed all the Humera ads all of a sudden? Like Humera cures fucking everything. Uh, and it's apparently, it's really good for the autoimmune diseases. I only know about this because I spent a long time in pharmaceutical marketing. And when the FDA clears a drug for a whole bunch of off-label uses, that's where uh, the doctor prescribed it for something and something else cleared up. And they're like, oh, I guess it works for that too. Well, the FDA has to approve those off-label uses. And so they finally did. So now you're seeing Humira ads for everything. And it's curing everything. But one of the side effects Humira is new or worsening heart disease. And I'm like, wait, new or worsening heart disease? Like, I understand the worst, but the new? 
Like, you're giving me that? It's heart disease or psoriasis is what you're telling me? So I'm either itchy or I got a hole in my heart. Jesus, this is a real catch-22, Doc, because I haven't been late in a while. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking hole in the heart or broken heart. One of these two things is going to get cleared up. Oh, Humera. Available now. Talk to your doctor uh, about Humera. Uh, but it's funny because Pam mentioned my book, High Time Storytime. Available now on Amazon.com. Uh, volume 2 coming shortly. And uh, as soon as I, I, I can stop smoking for a day and actually finish editing the damn thing. <laughs> uh, but no, I... It's on Amazon.com for Kindle download, and uh, somebody asked me the other day, they said, you're going to go do a bunch of book signings, and I said, why? Nobody's going to buy it, I, and it's in digital form, right? What am I going to do, send them an email with my signature in it, you know? Oh, this is why my parents aren't proud. But I, but I, I did do an AMA, Ask Me Anything. Uh, on Reddit about the book because you know that's how you now promote things. You go on the interwebs and you, you talk to the peoples. And uh, I knew the AMA was a bad idea when the first question was, uh, so do you feel bad squandering the $160,000 your parents spent on college uh, on your English major? And uh, uh, that's when I noticed the username was oddly familiar. And I had to say, hey, dad, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, I recently, I, I did get a call from American Express, and they're sneaky fucks. Uh, they really are, because uh, I, they call me up, and they, they're talking about how I have this drinking problem, right? And, and they're doing it in this backhand manner where they're like, oh, we have, we have to investigate some odd charges on your account. You know, did you, you go to this bar, and this bar, and this liquor store, and this bar, and then did you take a lift over here, and go to this bar, and this bar? And after a while, I realized this isn't a fraud investigation, it's goddamn intervention. <laughs> and I get it, Amex, so I quit drinking. Uh, that's why I'm high all the time now. Uh, it's how I cope with this condition. You, you have to go to the doctor and get a prescription for pot. Right? Uh, at least he did, and now it's all legal and whatnot, but it's still nebulous on what that actually means. Anyway, you have to go to the doctor and get a prescription. And so I go in, and they say, what's your problem? And I said, I got this condition. It starts with an L. Fuck, what, what, what did they say? It was oh, oh, yeah, life. Uh, yeah, can you give me some? They're like, oh, yeah, here's a whole bunch of it. Uh, you know, just, just, just don't be our problem anymore. Uh, what it, what did I write there? Uh, oh, I, so if you're wondering how my life is right now, I saw somebody in Civic Center, BART Station, uh, who was a perfect uh, symbol of what my life currently is. And it was he was walking, well, shuffling around, carrying uh, 15 items, it, it, it just like jug, and, and constantly almost dropping one. Uh, meanwhile, he had an empty backpack on his back. And I was like, that's... That's what's going on with me. There's probably a much easier way I could be doing this. And it, it was, uh, I, I used to be in advertising and marketing. And it gave me this idea because now I'm, I'm a published author. And now I want to be a Stephen King. Right? Pam, Pam loves Stephen King. He's one of our favorites. And uh, I want to be like Stephen King, but I got to do it different. Right, because he's already done the horror genre his way. So I got to do it my way. And so I thought uh, I'd do a reverse thinner. All right? 
and it's where uh, a guy who goes into advertising and marketing he sells his soul and he starts at the bottom being an absolute nobody but he keeps working his way up and he gets uh, better and better titles but as he gets better and better in titles he gets more and more depressed and he drinks more and more and he gains more and more weight until he's just a fat slob but he's got the title he wants and he's got the money he wants but he's a miserable miserable fuck and at the end the only way he could save his life is to make a deal with that damn gypsy, gypsy bitch and uh, he has to give it all up and become a barista and a stand up comedian and then uh, he loses all the weight and he feels much better and he's doing great but he misses all that goddamn money oh my god that money made life so much fucking easier holy shit um but if, if you hadn't noticed, I, I, I'm playing with my hair because I have too much of it now, and I really need a haircut, but I have this fear. My comedy's been going phenomenally later, lately, if you haven't been able to tell, and uh, I have this real fear that it's because of the hair, you know, the old Samson Delilah myth, and uh, I, I'm afraid that if I get the haircut, goodbye strength and comedy, and hello uh, begging my parents for more rent money, uh, you know. It is, it, that's why they're really disappointed because they're, they're, they understand the law because my father's an attorney and my stepmother, she was a legal secretary for a very long time. And, uh, you know, they only understand the law. And I'm, like, I'm trying to explain to them, comedy and law are the same thing, right? Because in law, you do a bunch of research, you read a whole bunch of briefs and things. Uh, and in comedy, you sit around uh, watching Netflix and jerking off uh, until, you, you know, you're just full of ideas. Right? <laughs> and then in uh, in uh, the law, you got to interview a whole bunch of people and do a bunch of depositions and you know, hire private investigators like Dan Shively uh, to go uh, dig up dirt and find the truth. Right? And a comedy would do the same thing by standing around smoking pot and uh, talking to each other and occasionally sleeping with each other, which is a really bad idea. Uh, but finally, finally, in the law, you're making your case to the judge and the jury. That's your real audience, the people you're telling your case to, that you spend all that time researching and interviewing all those people for. And in comedy, uh, you're making your case to your parents. It's just full of your one more month's rent. I swear, this is the last goddamn time. Just the, after this, it, I'll, be, I'll be on my own. I swear, I'll, I'll take care of it. It'll be fine. No, and money will start coming in. The book will start selling. I swear to Christ. We keep talking about it on the radio all the time. And I swear, the audience members are really starting to get interested and what the fuck it's about. Anyway, that's been my time. You can give it up for your host, Pam Benjamin. Arden, everyone. Hooray, go buy his book right now. Do it. Buy his book. Thanks for being here. Yay. Bye. Thanks for being here. Yay. All righty. We are on the happy hour here at mutinyradio.fm, the happiest of hours, giving everybody 10 minutes tonight. Why? Because a lot of people didn't sign up. I don't know what's going on tonight. Sometimes people are here, sometimes they're not. But they are here, and they're here to listen to your next comedian. You guys are going to love him. Clap your hands in a slappy-like motion for Jeremy Atkins. Hello. I would uh, ask how you're doing, but I'm not going to hear it. How are you doing, Pam? Good. Good? I'm a little all over the map. I finally started getting sleep again. There's a good three-week period where I knew I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. And the only way I knew that is because I didn't actually know how much sleep I was getting. I, had a, I was complaining about sleep and my friend said, well, how much are you getting? I went, um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. And he went, that, that's not good. Like at least peop- some people get to say like four hours. You're, yeah, and I was getting really high because I have my oldest dog with me and she needs to be really high. And another friend of mine was saying, hey, you know, that's not really cool. Your dog can't say whether or not she wants to get high. I'm like, well, I'm smoking the bong. She shows up. 
I'm pretty sure she knows what the smell is. Well, you know, I mean, you're kind of ruining your, you know, like, you're kind of fucking your dog up. And I was like, how? Like, what is my dog's, what's my dog's job? It's to eat, sleep, and run around. That seems like a perfect activity for high. Like, I get high, I sleep, I eat, and I run around. So fuck it. Um, the reason I'm getting high also is because I'm in the middle of a, I'm in the middle of a custody thing. Yeah, like, it made me feel middle-aged. I really felt like a middle-aged divorcee with a custody thing. Like, that was, I suddenly, divorce is, uh, divorce is a strange idea. It, like, marriage is a weird idea. You think, like, marriage is like that Apple, the confidentiality agreement thing, where you go, yes, even though you didn't read it, except, like, you hear the vows, and when they say, tell death do you part, you kind of go, yeah, but I'll get divorced. It doesn't work out that way. It might as well be death, because, like, there's some reason you got to deal with the other person. All right, now it's a custody thing. You ever hear somebody complain about a custody thing and not sound like an asshole? It's mostly guys that do it. They stand around and talk about how they shouldn't be involved in it and like how, oh, you know, she won't take care of the kids. I got to take them that weekend. And they only get like the kids one weekend a month and they have like the best day. I have a friend, he's a douchebag. We all have friends that are douchebags. They, they, you know, just make ex, you know, excuses for them when you go out. You're telling the rest of your friends, just let's make it easy. Just let them come along. I, I promise ne next time. Like if right now you're trying to think of who the douchebag in your crew is and you can't, it's because it's you. I mean, I don't really know you guys, but yeah, it's fucking you. And so, you know, like I said, my friend's complaining. He's complaining about one weekend a month. And I'm thinking in my head, this guy's an asshole. Like, that's his kids. And what comes out is, I go, you're, you're being awfully selfish. He goes, what the fuck do you mean? I go, well, you know, you only get those kids one weekend a month. She only gets one weekend a month kid free. You know what that really means? He's like, what? He was like, that's the only weekend she gets to fuck. Like, she probably fucks all weekend long. She probably, like, calendars it in. All, and you're lucky she's not fucking your friends and Facebooking about it. That's the kind of asshole you are. Surprise, surprise, he hasn't called me back. Doesn't return my texts. But now I'm standing in mutiny complaining about my custody thing. And like, I'm not an asshole. It's not like I shouldn't be involved in this. This shouldn't be me. I have one good reason. I don't have kids. It's over a dog. That's how sad it's gotten. It's over a fucking dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so yeah, like, and like I said, marriage is fucking weird. Marriage is weird. Like up until, you know, a few months ago, I, I was, I basically had to say I'm divorced and I live with my ex. That's how you know you live in the Bay Area or house prices are so crazy. Housing is so out of control. You're willing to live with someone who hates your guts and, and tells you randomly. Or you live in Tracy, right? <laughs> like cross paths with her in the hallway and she's a, she looks at you and goes, you know why you're a fucking dick today? Because I didn't do the dishes? No, because you broke my fucking heart and stomps off. It's Adder Stockton. Like, so I take the beating every day. It's been nice, though. I've been dating. I've been dating. And uh, I discovered something. I discovered that a statement I made in my 20s, that women are crazy, and men make women crazy by being assholes, was very solipsistic. It was basically that I'm an asshole and that I make women crazy. And I also discovered, I know, I, I know how to tell a woman's crazy now, right? Because she wants to have sex with me. 
And so I was dating a crazy woman and it would get a little too intense so I'd break up with her and then she would call me at two in the morning. Because you know what is better than a booty call? A makeup booty call. <laughs> that is amazing, right? And so you answer that phone call and especially if it's like five days in a row, you answer all of those phone calls and then thankfully the woman breaks up with you. And I say thankfully because I think we got to the point in the relationship where she was either going to break up with me or she was going to stab me. And uh, I've been stabbed before. You don't have to be stabbed to know how much it sucks. It's kind of obvious. But I'll tell you this. When you've been stabbed before, you see the warning signs really early. And she texted me, I want to settle things with you tonight. Now, you may ask yourself why I would go somewhere where somebody is most likely going to stab me. And I'll tell you, as we said before, that makeup sex is cool and, you know, crazy makeup sex is better. I'm sorry I stabbed you, sex. It's fucking incredible. It's, like, it's so good that if an imaginary creature, like, if Santa Claus showed up at my door, you know, he's like, ding dong, and I answer the door, he's like, young man, I will make sure that you receive the best I'm sorry I stabbed you sex ever for Christmas, but I am going to have to stab you with these rusty shears, and I'm going to have to collect up front. I w I'm a reasonable man. I would say no. But I would say no, because I'd be thinking, where is the local hospital? Can I negotiate where he stabs me? Like, it's that good. That's all I'm saying. And so I got really high before I went over because I figured I should be medicated before I'm wounded. She met me at the door. She led me into the kitchen. And as we walked into the kitchen, I thought, ooh, this will be nice because all the snacks are in here. <laughs> and then she turned her back to me, and I thought, oh, yeah. All the sharp objects are also here. Shit. And she turned back around empty-handed, and I went, okay, cool. Like, I really wanted to get laid, but I didn't want to get stabbed. I, like, what I'm saying is my medical insurance is a little dodgy right now. I'm not sure how much it would have cost me. And so she looked at me, and she said, I've got something to tell you. And I went, ooh, she's going to break up with me. Maybe there'll be some makeup sex involved in this. That would be nice. That'd be a nice way to end the evening. And she said, I love you. And I went, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Like, I, I, like instantly I went, you know, that's how fucked up I am. I didn't even think that was on the menu. Like, I didn't even think that was going to be an option. And it's also when I discovered that I love you sex, not as good as the other two. Not, it, like, doesn't even make the top three. I think grudge edges it out. I, and so we're laying there, and she, uh, she looks over at me, and she says, I want you to keep in mind when I ask you these questions that I am an expert in nonviolent communication. And I thought, oh, fuck, I hope she stabs me. This is not going to get any better now. And she said, you don't think of me as a good human being, do you? I went, oh, yeah, this ends in a lonely, frustrated hand job later at home. Uh, she said, what's my middle name? I was like, and I'd given up at that point, so I just went, I don't know. Nah. <gasps> you forgot my middle name? I let you put your penis inside me, and you forgot my middle name? You are the worst. I, I know I'm the worst person ever on the history of bad people. What's my middle name? She couldn't remember, so she broke up with me. Yeah. But, you know, I, dating is fun. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, I, I think I have good luck if you like bad luck. Like, I have, like, 
I have the luck that someone pays someone not to have. <laughs> Except I don't have enough money to get out. Like, basically what I'm trying to say is I fuck somebody I shouldn't have. Like, I'm just trying to make excuses for my bad choices. I, uh, I hooked up with a fresh off the boat Norwegian. Because you know what they say about women from Norway. You, you, no, you don't, because they don't. They just don't. Like, and uh, I found that out the hard way, and we, well, once again, we were, we were all wrapped up and it was ready to go, and she started telling me a story, and I kind of phased out because it was really boring. And that sounds rude, but it was about the Norwegian flag. She was just basically describing the flag. And I, uh, I tuned out, and I tuned back in because she was asking me a question, and it was something about how the flag looked. But I don't really remember the question, but I do remember, and I don't know why I said, well, because it looks like the Nazi flag. And without missing a beat, she said, no, there's no hoiken koiken. And I said, I don't know what the, wait, really quick, anybody know what hoiken koiken means? <laughs> you know what's really scary is everybody's starting to guess that and they haven't seen my fucking act. <laughs> yes, it means swastika. That's when I discovered that I'd uh, accidentally fucked the major member, of the, the direct descendant of the major member of the Nazi party. And basically I pissed her off in my discovery and uh, she said, well, what, was, what did your grandfather do during the 30s? And I said, well, I got some good news and bad news for you. And the good news is that, for me, is that my grandfather, who flew bombing raids over Germany during World War II, is not rolling over in his grave. The bad news for you, your grandfather, no matter kick-ass and pure he was, and he looks like a badass in that photo, is rolling over in his grave because you just fucked a Puerto Rican named Jeremy Adkins. That was my time. Thank you very much. I had a blast as always. Pam, you were awesome. Jeremy Adkins, everyone. Yay. For the new guys that just walked in, everyone's getting 10 minutes tonight because there weren't very many people that signed up, so we're just giving lots and lots of wonderful time. Uh, before we get to your next comedian, uh, it was uh, Jeremy reminded me of a thing he was talking about uh, being stabbed in the kitchen and it made me think of these old sex worker poems that I wrote that were published in France in 2011 so I was going to read one of my weird sex worker poems uh, the quote is Pam Benjamin I'm paid to cook naked it says the poems of a sex worker from San Francisco having to cope with odd paranoid obsessed clients for $250 Pam's acts are a strikingly hilarious portrait of modern life oscillating between reality and absurdity imagine a Derek Jarman character and Roland Torper in Cafe Panique, let alone they offer us a peep into a woman's role in a male-dominated society and how they manage to take advantage of their condition, either voluntarily or not. However, if you want to know what the poet thinks about the morality of it all, you'd better contract your services, only $250. So these were these sex worker poems that I did, like, back in the day. Uh, I want to read one to you guys, because it's really funny. Because uh, it reminded me of the stabbing thing that he... Okay, here we go. This is Sex Worker 3. I'm, I, we have plenty of time tonight, so I'm just... I'm, Whatever, I used to write poems. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. Uh, sex Worker 3. He likes stainless steel. Things clean and untarnished. His kitchen gleams with stainless fixtures. Fridge, toaster, stove, me. I am paid to cook naked. I leave no prints. I chop flat leaf parsley on the stainless table. Silver chef knife, mise en place, shiny bowls. I have little cups. Herbs, onion, eggs, cheese, no non-stick to mar the illusion of silver, making omelets difficult. He needs perfect omelets, tri-folded, cheese perfectly melted. I insert a small silver thermometer. He stops eating when the temperature dips under 120. I clean the pans without scrubbing. Abrasive materials swirl the stainless finish. 
He threw away three pans on our first date. I was punished on the cold prep table. He covered my face with a stainless bowl, placed the ruined pans on my chest, jacked off in the corner of the kitchen. I have learned his quirks. He's never going to fuck me. I'm not clean enough. Fingers don't leave prints in flesh. He is scared of the mess. This week he gave me a present. Hospital booties, plastic gloves. You have to put these on. I can't have prints today. I want you to sit here. He points to the sheet of stainless. The edges are sharp. Watch the blood. I'm not up for this today. I start for the door. When will you come back? He followed down the stairs. He opened the door. You have my booties. I need those for the next girl. His voice was colder than steel. He threw me a hundred and shut the silver door. Poetry! Yay! Anyways, that reminded me of your, because you were talking about knives and getting stabbed. So I wasn't actually a sex worker, but I was friends with a sex worker, and so I wrote her stories into poems, and they thought it was me. So thank you, France, for public, that's a, a French thing called tsunami books. Yay, I used to write poetry, now I try to make things funny. That was, there was a little bit of funniness in that, right? There was some, that, it was kind of funny. <laughs> but not like it's funny dark funny dark your next comedian those, uh, uh stories made me come oh the story made, yay the sex worker stories there's there's three of them on that website tsunami books uh in france uh so our next comedian i am super bummed he can't be on that you you canceled the show next week you can't do the dirtbag show can oh, you yeah, marty yeah. bummer super bummer because he was he's our he's our my favorite uh dirtbag who's he's a burner dirtbag uh he's I was watching you online today. You're trying to raise money for what? Who knows what this guy's doing? He's very funny, and his uh, he should he should have a GoFundMe just for his creepy mustache. Everybody, clap your hands together for Marty Cunny. Uh, to clarify, that GoFundMe was uh, to buy me a very expensive Macho Man Randy Savage costume. <laughs> The goal is four hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, I've currently raised a hundred. So open your hearts, open your wallets, make all my dreams come true, people. Uh, this is really important because uh, I don't know. I, I I really that's probably my. If people ask me what my spirit animal is, and you know most people like to say like oh a wolf or a lion, it's like no Macho Man Randy Savage is my spirit animal. If I could drop an elbow on all of my problems. I wouldn't have any of them, okay? But I didn't come here to tell jokes and to talk about my GoFundMes. I came to give you guys a lesson in literature, okay? We got some literature fans in here? Yeah, bitch. And, uh, you know, I, I have a new favorite author, uh, James Joyce. Boy, what a great author. Uh, he's a 20th, cornerstone of 20th century literature. Uh, such greats as uh, Ulysses and Finnegan's Wake. I haven't actually read any of those books. Uh, what I'm a big fan of is uh, the love letters he wrote to his wife. Because uh, turns out, James Joyce was a total freak. Um, I'm not actually here to talk to you guys about jokes. I'm just here to read you guys James Joyce's love letters. And uh, because uh, it's just funnier when you do it, I'm going to do it with a Sean Connery accent. All right, here we go. James Joyce's uh, letters to his wife. My sweet little whorish Nora, I did as you told me, you dirty little girl, and pulled myself off twice when I read your letter. I am delighted to see that you do like being fucked arseways. 
Yes, now I can remember that night when I fucked you for so long backwards. It was the dirtiest fucking I ever gave you, darling. My prick has struck, struck in you for hours, fucking in and out under your upturned rump. I felt your fat, sweaty buttocks under my belly and saw your flushed face and mad eyes. And every fuck I gave you, your shameless tongue came bursting out through your lips. And if I gave you a bigger, stronger fuck than usual, fat, dirty farts came sputtering out of your backside. You were an arse full of farts that night, darling. And I fought them out of you. Big fat fellows, long windy ones, quick little merry cracks and a lot of tiny little naughty farties ending in a long gush from your hole. It is wonderful to fuck a farting woman when every fuck drives one out of her. I think I would know Norwich fart anywhere. I think I could pick hers out in a room full of farting women. It's rather girlish noise, not like the wet windy fart which I imagine fat wives have. <laughs> It is sudden and dry and dirty like what a bold girl would let off in fun in a school dormitory at night. I hope Nora will let off no end of her farts in my face so that I may know their smell also. It goes on and on, guys. Uh, I, it's really something special. Uh, new favorite author. Although, I was thinking to myself, I was reading through that, you know, he sure uses the same words over and over again, right? He's like... One of the best authors of the 20th century. I think he'd probably stop recycling fart and, you know, go with some synonyms there, synonyms there right? I don't know. I'm no critic. Uh, so that's, 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 that's the start of this act. Um, I, uh, living in San Francisco for a while, I've uh, learned a lot more about gay people than I ever thought I would. Um, namely, that a lot of gay couples typically look alike. Like, it's... When I'm talking about gay couples, I mean like a guy and a guy who are banging, uh, strongly resembling each other, right? Same clothes, same beards, same kind of fashion sense, like everything. And it's just kind of weird to me. Like, are these guys gay or are they just like really, really vain? Like, they're so into themselves. They're just like, yeah, I'd fuck that. They look into the mirror, like, I'd fuck that. But yeah, I would fuck that. Like they were walk they were watching uh, Silence of the Lambs one day and they got to the Buffalo Bill scene when he's wearing his lady coat and he's doing his little dance to Goodbye Horses and he's going, Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me so hard. And they were watching, they're like Yeah. Yeah, I would. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I haven't thought of this before. And it sucks because as like a straight guy, like I can't I can't do that. I'm not like going out there looking for a girl that looks like me. Like, come on. That's, that's terrible. I'm not like looking at some girl and be like, wow, you see the cankles on her. Mm. I bet she, uh, has to have someone help scratch her back. Cause she has very poor shoulder flexibility, you know? <laughs> oh boy. I bet she's got a real hairy ass. Now I've also learned that, uh, gay men are just, proof that men are gross. I'm not saying that gay men are gross, okay? I'm not saying it at all. You know, gay people, wonderful, all that noise, blah, blah, blah. Um, please don't yell at me after the show. What I'm trying to say is that gay men are proof that men are gross. Because if we just like, that's just like, that's how much men want to bang is like, if you all of a sudden everyone else just wanted to bang like as much as you did, you just explode into like a gay pride parade. Like people and shit like that. Like people just fucking everywhere in the streets. Like, that's what it would be like if everyone was as fucking horny and gross as men. Like, there's nowhere else. I've never been to a 24-hour fitness that has a warning in the bathroom that says, please, no flash, no photography, okay? Like, that's, that's pretty indicative, okay? The only other place where I've seen, like, a, like a, a warning that's indicative of the area it's in is when I was in Fremont. And it, 
was a sign saying, uh, don't use steroids in the bathroom, right? So it's just, I feel like, I don't know. I'm working on that a little bit. Uh, I get, I, uh, I learned about white, my white privilege at a very young age. Um, I learned how great it is. God, white privilege is great. I, I'm really tired of everyone talking about it. I, don't, I feel like I don't want that secret out, you know? Like, I don't want it highlighted for everyone to see. Like, I, when I was nine years old, I called the cops on my brother for beating me up. That's white privilege, okay? When you, when a nine-year-old can get the cops to come by for beating up, because I was a little shithead. I would, you know, shut the door on his face and try to hit him in the head with it and stuff like that. He was seven years older than me. It was his job to kick my ass. And I figured out that you could call the cops on him that early. And, you know, it's just been like, and now as I'm getting older, I'm learning more and more about my white privilege, you know? Like, um, my favorite thing to do is drink on the bus in the back of the bus, Right. Because uh, as long as there's some minority youth back there, I'm not going to get caught for drinking, right? I'm not going to be the one that they're looking at. It's great. Um, my other privilege, I, I'm on the easy, what do you call that? Uh, all, what do you call it? The Trusted Traveler Program. That's like the whitest shit ever. We came up with TSA, like all these crazy restrictions after 2001, right? And then we were just like, yeah, but some of us don't have to do it, right? Like not everyone's got to do it. Like, all you got to do is, I swear to God, I've never seen another, a, a minority come through that line with me. And I'm, people are, like, worried about talking to the fucking immigration, and I'm just, like, strolling through with, like, you know, like a gun in my back pocket. Like, yeah, I'll see you guys later. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So, I was born on August 25th. Uh, so I got my birthday coming up. That's fun. But I was thinking about it and I did the math and I realized that's why I love Christmas so much because I was born on August 25th, right? Do the math, do the math. My parents banged on Christmas. That's what I'm trying to say, guys. Okay, I'm a, I had a very merry conception. But it got me thinking, uh, there's kids out there, you know, that are probably like having some kind of like realization about that at some point in their lives and they have less joyous dates to think of. I'm talking specifically about the kids that were born on June 11, 2002. Do the math, nine months. I'm talking about 9-11 babies, guys. Kids that were conceived on 9-11. If this think about them like sitting in class, like what are they, like 15 years old now? They're just gonna be sitting in class one day in high school and they're just gonna be like, oh no. The only thing that dropped faster than my mom's panties was Tower 2. Oh. Oh, that's the, that fourth plane exploded in the Pentagon like my dad exploded into my mom. Oh, no. Oh, that's rough. And it's like, I just started thinking about like all these other lost generations, like the Son of Sam kids. Like, are they all cultists now? Like, I don't know. Another thing about those 9-11 kids, right? You got to figure they're on some kind of list too. If I was the NSA, I'd be looking for people that were fucking on 9 11 because they were probably celebrating, right? It's like, yeah, death to America. And then nine months later, you got a kid coming out. That kid's automatically on a list, right? I mean, you got to, what does it take to get on a list these days if that doesn't cut it? I mean, come on. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. Ah, I was in Colombia recently and uh, I went to a. Spanish Inquisition Museum in Colombia. 
because it turns out uh, colonial Spain uh, imported everything and exported uh, disease and inquisition. So they were really, really had a nice trade balance going on there. And I was walking through and I was looking at all these different, uh, you know, old school torture devices, you know, like the, like the Iron Maiden. And then they had like a display of like people being drawn and quartered and stuff like that. I was like, man, this stuff is crazy. This stuff is savage. This stuff is out of this world. Like they really don't do shit like this these days. Like today's torture has got nothing on this. And I started thinking to myself, am I a torture hipster? It was like, am I into like the old school torture? Like before it was cool? Like, yeah, waterboarding. They don't got shit on the fucking Iron Maiden. Shit like that. Like, I don't know. Seemed kind of odd to me. Um, uh, one more. Any quick ones? Uh... I was on a bus in Columbia, and uh, boy, those things are fucking dangerous. Uh, they were peeling around the corner at like fucking 100 miles an hour, overtaking scooters and shit like that. And I just kept thinking to myself, if this thing gets into an accident, I hope I fucking die right away. Because if, if these guys are driving like that, I can't imagine what the fucking ambulance drivers drive like. So, I don't know. I'm staying the fuck out of that. Thanks a lot, guys. Marty Cunney, everyone. Yes. I also had an experience on, it was a bus, it was in Mexico though. We took a bus from Tijuana to La Paz and we had to go over these mountains, this mountainous pass and it was the middle of the night and we were slowed down this road and we looked to our left and there was another bus much like ours on fire and there were a bunch of people outside of it and they were stranded and we drove by and I thought, oh God, that could be us. And then I fell asleep and woke up and I was on vacation. Yay. Uh, Marty Cunny, everyone. Very funny, funny man. Enjoyed that very much. I'm excited that Mike Spiegelman just walked in the door. He has an amazing show here on Mutiny Radio every Sunday from 2 to 4 called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Also in the house, still here is Arden. Listen to his show, The Night Space, on Wednesdays from 10 to midnight. And you don't even need to listen during the time. You can download it at your leisure at mutinyradio.fm in our podcast section. Please do that. And while you're doing that, hit that donate button. Value for value. If you find value in high-time stories, time then give the station some money because or just go buy his book you can support him individually on amazon you can support the station by hitting that donate button listen to all of our shows yay uh your next comedian uh, again we're all doing 10 minutes because like nobody signed up on the list so your next comedian how exciting that he's here and uh he's a newer comedian but we love him all the same also he has a cool last name and sometimes he wears a shirt in russian that says he's a jew everybody put your hands together for boris shakurko thank you pam how are you guys yeah, I'm thinking, <clears throat> I was trying to, yesterday I was sitting outside a uh, uh, brainwash and I was trying to do this voice and Pam, or I think it was Pam or Hunter was like, you should just do a whole set in a really high voice, but I realized that that actually fucks up your throat pretty bad. <laughs> as, as I try doing it right now, Marty, what do you think? No, see, it's just, it hurts. Guys, I never used to do drugs because uh, they're really expensive. Um... But then recently, uh, I did the meth. Bam. That's what, see, that's Marty. I was sitting there. You said I did the math like nine times. Like, I did the math. I did the math. Bam, bam. Switch them out. That's how you do comedy. All right. This city is starting to look like a uh, fucking like NASCAR 
Like, you ever notice, like, how many logos? You see, like, I was driving. Everything in the city now has a logo. I saw a f- bunch of, like, Ford bikes. Have you seen that shit? Ford doesn't even make bikes. They make engines. It's weird. That's weird. The city is, I, I love it because I, I grew up here, and I think I get to be one of those people that yells about how it used to be. I feel like that's all I have looking forward to in this life, but I feel like that's enough. I feel like I should be 10 years older just, like, drinking a like a yoohoo or whatever <laughs> just like something really antiquated like that no one drinks it's not how it used to be man and it's worse people used to take taxis now they ride for two dollars i don't know i don't know um guys i wonder no um i don't know it's weird i uh I didn't grow up with religion. Some people grow up with religion. That's cool. Uh, I tried saying, uh, I tried thanking God once. I was having a family dinner, and before we ate, I was like, hey, let's thank God for this dinner. Because um, I was young, and I was like, hey, this is important to do this. And my mom was like, oh, did God cook this dinner? Oh, shit. I thought I was in the kitchen. Oh, I didn't see someone was behind me. I was like, all right, I guess we don't have religion in our family. I guess that's. I guess that's how that's going to work out. Um, I've never been to uh, Colombia. Marty, you went to Colombia? I'd like to go to Colombia. Colombia seems cool. Venezuela seems like the other cool one. Um, I think it's weird that today everyone wants to go to a country that's uh, uh, communist. (laughs) People want to go to Cuba, but it's like also kind of not like political prison. Political prisoners, Marty! (laughs) Political prisoners! How can we endorse it? It's not okay. Yeah, maybe it's okay. I don't know. They have some really cool cars. I know they have some really cool cars. That's all I know about Cuba is that like their cars, there's no like Honda Accords, but they have these like 1960 like Chevys that are beautiful. I'd love to go to Cuba. And I hear they have socialized medicine. I hear they're, um, no, no, it's not. Uh, it's just, ah, well, it's Cuba. What do you get? <laughs> it's Cuba. Um, where are some other places people love going? People love going to Cuba. People love going North Korea. That one's a fucking, because that dude died. That dude that they caught stealing a poster, they, uh, uh, that prisoner they had. Um, Actually, you know what? This is my plan. If you really want to meet the current president of the United States, or no, 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 it's not even current. If you want to meet the former, if you want to meet like Obama, go to North Korea, get captured, and Obama's going to fly out and bring you back. That's kind of how it works. You can either go like make a wish and try to get to see Barack, or just get captured in North Korea. It'll also happen that way. All right, I'm going to have a heart attack if I keep yelling. So uh, let's bring it down here now. Um... Yeah, I don't know, guys. I, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to do some comedy about how I look, but I feel like that's easy, but also, like, that's what everyone does, and I feel like that's important to address, because the first thing anyone sees or notices about you is how you look. They know your name, and they know your look. So it's like, you got to comment on it, um, but I don't know what to comment on. I'm just, I'm just, like, typical Jew. I feel like there's nothing interesting. I got, I, maybe, maybe I should, like, shave my head. I, that wouldn't even make me interesting. Maybe if I wore, like, a really long, like, Borat, like, leotard, like, swimsuit thing, maybe I could pull it off that way. I don't know, guys. I, uh, there's a lady who lives in my building, in my apartment building, and she's really old, um, and she always runs to the elevator like it's the last helicopter out of Saigon. Like, she runs. 
And I don't know why. I don't know why. She has like a walker, but she runs to the elevator. And I was on the elevator today. I was on the lobby, and she was running at it. And I'm like, no, I'm going, I'm going up. Don't worry. Because I thought, because I knew she was going to go to the basement because she had like her laundry. So I was like, don't worry. Stop running. I'm going up. And she yelled back, no, let me go down on you. I was like, what? Is she yelling that at me or the elevator? Because that's weird either way. That's an old lady that's deranged. I feel weird about old people. I try, I try to teach my grandma how to use a, a smartphone. And uh, uh, no, it wasn't a smartphone. It was an iPad. And so I pulled up a book on an iPad to try to get her to, you know, this is a book, you know, physical book, digital book. Ah, easy. And she tried swiping the page. She tried turning over the page by going like this. I was like, you can't do that shit. Also, that's perfect for radio because you can totally see <laughs> what's going on. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird that, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird because kids these days know more than we do, but I feel like that might be true all the time. Maybe that's not uh, specific to our uh, time. Um, I don't know. Do you, think, do you think the Bay Bridge ever gets jealous of the Golden Gate Bridge suicides? Do you think the Bay Bridge is ever like, hey... I'm fucking here too. I got some height here. I'm not. Or what about the San Mateo Bridge? That shit is just like. You can't. No way. It's too low. No, you definitely can. You definitely. Dude, you could you could shoot yourself in the head and then fall off. That I still consider that uh, that that should still go in the kill count for the San Mateo Bridge. But I don't know. I uh, suicide's weird. A lot of people talk about suicide. That's normal. Uh, suicide, why not kill yourself? Why not kill yourself? Uh, life, life, there's a lot of life to live. That's a reason not to kill yourself. Um, go rent a Ford bike and drive around San Francisco. Ken, how are you doing, sir? See you, Marty. I'm just doing, this is, all right, wait, let me do some jokes. Um, uh, what did I want to do? I don't know, I, uh, I do think it's weird that, uh, I had a dream last night and, uh, in my dream, I really had to go to the bathroom. I really had to pee. And then I woke up, and I almost pissed myself, like in real life. But that never happens with other dreams. Like, I've never had a dream where I win the lottery, and then I wake up, and I got a couple 20s laying around me. Like, that doesn't happen. That's specific to urination. I don't know, guys. I love Mutiny Radio. Uh, this is just, like, me ranting at this point. Um, I don't like, I don't know. I got out of a relationship recently. It, I think the hardest part of going through a breakup is rereading all your texts. And at first, like, I feel like the week after you get out of a relationship and you look back at your texts, it's like, oh, I fucked up. Like, I, I should have been better. I should have done And then, like, two weeks after, it's like, she was fucking crazy. Like, it's the polar opposite shift, you know? I don't know. When my girlfriend broke up with me, she... Uh, we had a long talk, and she broke up with me, and she also asked me to sign off on her community service hours. I was like, what is this? That wasn't part of the plan. I don't know. Relationships are hard. Anyone, anyone that uh, is in a relationship, has a job, and has family, that's, uh, I think that's amazing. I think that's what the Nobel Peace Prize should be for. Uh, that's what we should reserve. should be the Nobel Prize in... Uh, in uh, keeping your shit together. I feel like that's a solid one to attach. It's weird that some people say they want to donate their body to science after they die. 
I don't know what I want to do with my body. But it's weird that people say that. That's vague. What type of science? Biology, chemistry, physics. What if they use your body as a human ballistic missile? Is that okay? I don't think so. <laughs> Guys, I don't know. Online dating is weird because uh, most people don't actually even online date, it seems. Most people meet online, but then they date in real life. Gotcha, fam. What? It's true, Ken. Ken, it's true. Online dating implies that the dating takes place online. But in reality, people meet online, then go date in real life. It's true. It might not be funny. All right. Um, uh, maybe. <laughs> Let's see if I actually wanted to fucking say some shit. Um, guys. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um. No, I think that's uh, I think that's it for me. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, give it up for Pam and Arden. Boris Shukurko, yay! Everyone's doing ten minutes tonight. Before we get to our last comedian, uh, I'd like to do a round of um, show promos. Does anyone have any upcoming shows that they want to promote? Uh, that they're I've got this. This is on for you there. I have the. You go go up and, and do that thing. We're going to go through. So Arden's right. going to start. Uh, so I'll kick us off. Uh, so I've got a show on August 12th here at Mutiny Radio, conveniently, conveniently enough. Oh, my goodness. Uh, August 12th uh, at 8 p.m. It's called Short, Loud, and Opinionated. It's uh, hosted by myself and Rachel Raphael. And it's uh, featuring James Mora and Alyssa Westerland. And uh, you can get tickets by going to S. L O, that's the letters S L and O, eight one two, dot Eventbrite. You you smell you spell that uh, dot com, and that's again that's S L O eight one two dot Eventbrite dot com. That's August twelfth, eight p.m. here at Mutiny Radio. Short, loud, and opinionated. Hooray! Yay! Mike Spiegelman, you have a thing to promote? Yeah, I'm going to be uh, with my uh, colleague Colin Mahan. Uh, we are the sketch group, The Great Difficulties. And we are doing a radio show here on a Saturday in August. The date? I forgot. It's probably the 26th. The 26th, yes. The 26th of August. That's right, the 26th, which my colleague actually has down. So we're, cool. we'll be sitting here, we'll have scripts, we'll be performing, but uh, I want to call it the Endless Podcast. <laughs> we'll include a lot of spokesmen from the Bush administration. Uh, Trump administration, I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The podcast that never ends. It goes on and on, my friends. Does anyone else have any um, shows upcoming that they're going to be doing? Anyone, anyone hosting anywhere? Nobody, nobody, Bueller, Bueller. All right, uh, tomorrow night here at the station, Hot Take, which is Marcy Rogo, Brooke Heineken, and Luis Isbell are putting together, all hands on deck, a fundraiser for Mutiny Radio because it is true, I cannot pay my rent with brownies. So uh, we're gonna try to make some money tomorrow night with some great comedians. So uh, come come by every Saturday this month because there's great stuff happening here at Mutiny Radio. And now, your last comedian of the night. The very funny, again, he has a show here on Sundays from 2 to 4 called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Clap your hands together for Mike Spiegelman! Uh, hello. Uh, I'm, I want to apologize to Boris for taking your seat and co-op. And during your performance, I, I didn't want to focus it on me. Uh, I really enjoyed your set, as well as all the 17 comedians here tonight, which I will address by name. Darcy, very funny. Marcy, really funny. Starcy, 
You're the third one. You're, that's even the funniest. And that goes on. Uh, but I, I kind of, I want to go through, uh, the thing I like about this station is that every time I'm here to perform, the Lost and Found box gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> Although those albums, do you mind if I, can I take and... Uh, there, there's no records in them. They're just empty sheets. Oh, so why don't we just compost it? Someone was using them to make art projects out of them. Yeah, I see little white lines of art on this record cover. <laughs> so we got Cruising. It's Eddie. This is like what nerds in the 80s would buy. Fucking retro bullshit. Like, you think our nostalgia is bad. So these are all blank. There's like 15 notebooks. And the thing is, it's like, if your notebook's here, I'm not going to read from it. I'm, uh, it's a disrespectful, but if I'm a comedian, what if it's not your joke book? What if it's like your personal diary? And then you're just like, oops, lost it. I actually write a diary myself, and uh, it helps my life. By the way, you guys were great. You were a great crowd, very supportive. And uh, when, it, But it gets to the point where I can actually dream every moment of my life, which does make my dream journal redundant. I'm just like, see my diary and add uh, dicks and boobs. Because it's a dream journal. By the way, I lost my dream journal. So I got a lot of book. Uh, see, a lot of this is not lost or found. This is like, I'm going to leave all my old hangers here. Umbrellas. This is the season in San Francisco to stock up on lost umbrellas. Because when that rain thing hits, everyone's going to be motherfucking conscious about, you know, you walk in any bar and you're like, if it's raining, you say, shit, I lost my umbrella. And they'll say like, well, uh, do you know what it looks like? I said, yeah, it's the umbrella and you're lost and found. Can you give it to me? It's raining. Oh, no, it's somebody's. Right, but here we are in the dog day of August. You can take as many. One, two, three. All right, this is three umbrellas. Couple hats. This hat just stands out. It's awful. Uh, what else we got in here? It gets kind of scary. I don't know. It's more book... Oh, here's a set list, maybe. No, this is actually a lineup. Hey, I'm on there. My name is spelled S-P-D-A-G-Y. Oh, Spiggy, I like that. <laughs> All right. See, this is public record. I can't go through anyone's notebook, but I have a lineup. Listen, the fact that you're listening to this, you missed a good show recently. There was a show, and there was uh, Krista, Brian, Jade, Mike Evans Jr., Mike Spiegel. Oh, I remember this show. It was entertaining. They're all pretty good. Uh, if you guys, uh, hold on, let me think about that set. That was fantastic. <laughs> you know, I, I do have a, so funny, I'm talking about, I think I lost my, my joke book, actually. I had it. I brought it oh, it's in my back pocket. Uh, unlike real comics, I do keep my notebook on stage, and I know it's a bone of contention, but I keep my notebook on stage because when I'm on stage, while I'm performing, I might think of a joke. <laughs> and I would want to write it down. It's a very small window. I like to read, I have difficulty reading comic books. It's probably because I don't read the th thought bubbles. It's none of my business. <laughs> Let Superman fight, I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> Fucking alien, illegal alien coming into our country. You think he speaks English? No. When he came in? You think he knows computer programming? No. They would not let him in. 
He would be like Canada Superman. Fuck. That would be so irksome. If, fuck Alpha Flight. All right. Uh, do you guys know Alpha Flight? In the 80s, they started, uh, the X-Men were so big, uh, the Canadian illustrator and writer created a Canadian version called Alpha Flight. And they had little maple uh, flags on their uh, costumes. This is all, all I got, fam. I think I'm done. I think I've lost and found. And uh, I want to get out of here because we got to go. Oh, wait, I got another lineup. Sorry. Uh, we're going to see. I don't even want to mention these people's names. They shouldn't even be associated with my set. All right. Thanks. Thanks. I have another show, too, right on a Wednesday. Do you, uh, do you remember what date? The movie? You have a show on Wednesday. I do. Not here. Okay, good. All right, good. Phew. I have the Sunday, August 26th. That's what's coming right. up here. Right. So, uh, no, it's Saturday, August Saturday. 26th at 26th. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. So, yes. You're going to do improv scripting. No, no not sketch improv. Sketch. 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 sketch comedy. Sketch comedy. We're the, this Endless Podcast, it's called. This Endless Podcast. Great. All right, bye. Yeah, everybody, Mike Spiegelman. Because every night I have the strangest dream. Yay. He lost his dream journal. That was Mike Spiegelman. All right. Hey, everybody. We're going to end the happy hour a little early, but that's great. We're going to be back at 8 o'clock with Pam Tass's Comedy Clubhouse. Tonight, it's a comedy sleepover. All the comedians I was in line with at Cobb's, we were all stayed up all night, and then we did one minute for NBC execs, and none of us got called back. But we all stayed up all night and had a really good time. So that's going to be the show lineup at 8 o'clock. I'm super excited for that show. And uh, stay tuned to Mutiny Radio. Again, in the Phils, you were listening to Grand Funk Railroad. And uh, donate money to us. Um, get, press that donate button on the side of our website anytime you find value in any of our wonderful shows here. And come by tomorrow night for our fundraiser and every Saturday this month for a lot of great shows. Thanks. Bye. Maybe a shot took me on one big ride. Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship 
as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event. Now trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Want to spend a summer Sunday laughing your cares away? Then come join the fun at San Francisco's Comedy Day. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs, and it's free. Besides our annual celebration of stand-up, did you know that Comedy Day offers workshops that teach Bay Area students how to use humor to resolve conflict? Comedy Day is so serious about ending bullying, it's banning all comedians from using the following phrases. Knee-slapping, side-splitting, break a leg, bust a gut, knock them dead. Those words hurt. But Comedy Day feels good. It's fun for the whole family. Did I mention it's free? Hey, comedy fans, don't miss the 37th Annual Comedy Day, the original longest-running free outdoor comedy concert in the world. The funny starts at noon on Sunday, September 17th at Sharon Meadow in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs. It's free! Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> If you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside you can find counter offer, offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit, it's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Anything you try has already been done before, and there's nothing really you can do about it. So remember to avoid taking risks and to whisper into feathers together in the dark. It's the right thing to do, and viewers like you. Well, the circus is in town. It's time for a train ride. The best circus town train rides are the dependable ones that'll depart and arrive on time. The ones that'll take you from clown to trapeze, quad to elephant, see? Look on the train with the circus promise. It's intense. Listen to Shaggy's Soul Shakedown Party tonight. All right, folks, as you know, as you know, Shaggy's Soul Shakedown is every Thursday. Every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. here on MutinyRadio.fm. What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. 
This person just ran a red light. How are you going to work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips, and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. Man, you should go to johnstrausslaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great, because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket. Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. And it's not business. It's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs>